footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening, and welcome to Your Nightmares. And another episode of your favorite horror storytelling podcast, Dark Softly Tales. I'm your host, Mav, and we will continue the tale that we started last week, entitled Killing Angels. When I was a kid, I had these reoccurring nightmares. I dreamt that I was standing outside a brick house, looking inside through a living room window. The moon was always full in the sky, and it was extremely quiet outside. Inside the house, there was this elderly woman I would watch. She'd sit in this little wooden chair, a knitted shawl wrapped around her shoulders, bouncing toddlers on her knee, and kissing her daughters and granddaughters, sons and nephews. Eventually, everyone in the dream would go upstairs to bed except for this little old lady and a random toddler that she'd keep with her. When she was sure that they were gone, she'd first turn the toddler on her knee and spank it, then flip them over and, sorry for some of the score, it might be a little extreme, but then she would scoop the toddler's eyeballs out with some kind of instrument. The toddler would scream and cry, and then the old woman would look up at me, dead in the eye, realizing that I had seen it. I knew she wasn't who she claimed to be. I knew her secrets. She'd point her finger at me, and I would dive for cover in the dark and hide. And then the dream would end. I had this dream over and over, from the earliest that I can remember, up until, oh, I don't know, maybe the age of 10? And if you can imagine, the dream was quite traumatizing for me and has always haunted me. When I read about the Wicked Witch or the Old Hag in fairy tales, I immediately think of her. Sometimes I wonder if the dream was reminding me to keep my eyes open and also showing me that keeping my eyes open would mean that I would experience traumatizing things in my life during that time, which I did, but at least I always knew what the truth was. That was something that I always held very close to my heart. So when I wrote this story, that old woman was in my mind, the frighteningness of her. If this were a fairy tale, and in a strange way, the story is an adult fairy tale, I would say that her archetype forced Jeffrey to finally sever the ties of an extremely abusive and codependent pattern, which again reminds me of some of the things that I've had to do in my own life. Obviously, not as physically violent, but it can feel violent. It can feel like dying when you are um, changing these patterns. Waking up from lies to the truth is indeed a death and rebirth process in and of itself. I hope you think about this in your own life as you listen to the story. What patterns are you repeating that you want to stay the same because it feels safe, because it's the only thing you've ever known, but hard as you try, 
You can't keep it the same. It's impossible. Once you know the truth, it's impossible to keep things the same. Change is going to happen. The trick is recognizing the pattern and choosing not to repeat it. Whew, that felt a little heavy this time around. I guess because it is. A quick note before we get to the rest of the story. We won't be having an episode next week. I've been experiencing some technology issues um, anywhere from my equipment, my laptop, the internet is slow right now. And I've been really struggling just to keep up with the weekly episodes. So I'm going to take a week and we're going to be back in the full swing of things after that. Hopefully with our next True Tales to Tale in the Dark monthly series. This next month's subject will be Sirens of the Sea. Now let's get back to the conclusion of our scary little adult fairy tale. I know the night is dark, and there's some scary things out there. But don't worry, I got your hand. Let's enter the forest together, shall we? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark, softly. I suppose you're gonna turn me in and leave me like your daddy did. I ain't gonna leave you to rot in a cage. I ain't like daddy. I told you. Jeffrey double-tied the extra-large garbage bag. Don't you take that tone of voice with me. Jeffrey stood and stretched his back. He pointed a shaky finger at her. I didn't kill no one. You did. So I suggest you shut the fuck up, Mama. Oh, what's wrong with you, boy? Jeffrey ran his hands over his face. I've been cleaning this shit all night, and I don't know what to do. He glanced down at the bag. Her parents, her little brother, they must be wondering. He ran to the sink and threw up. He splashed cold water on his face and took a deep breath. Marley leaned in. Angel was a monster, and I killed her. Jeffrey glanced away and pinched his lips. Tears sprung to his eyes. Angel wasn't a monster. She was a kid, and I can't believe you. You missed a spot on the ceiling, you know, Marley pointed. Then you get a sponge and wipe it up. Jeffrey walked to the blinds and peered into the night. He turned back around. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. He avoided his mother's eyes. Her words from earlier when he first walked through the door came to him. Is that what you were afraid of? He shook the words from his mind. No one's out there right now. I'm going to put her in my trunk and barrier no one will know and you won't have to go to jail it'll be the same as always Jeffrey dropped the blinds and squatted to the floor he swallowed hard 
whispered a prayer, and gently placed his arms under the plastic and heaved. Where? she asked. Where what? Where are you going to put her? Jeffrey sighed. He looked past Marley at the pale yellow bird, staring almost intently at him as his mother was. Between the cherry trees, by that lake we used to picnic at. Good. And you'll still come and visit twice a week? Jeffrey gritted his teeth. Once a week, and only to bring groceries. Hopscotch, graveyard watch, the old woman lost her scotch, Marley mocked. You need to stop watching those kids. Them angels are taunting me, because they know you've got me all locked up, like some kind of circus lion. There's even bars on the window, and it's been three months since you brought me my scotch. I doubt those kids even remember you're here. You better keep it that way, too, unless you want the detective snooping around again. Jeffrey nodded at the blinds. And I told you, no more drinking after... Marley interrupted. Those angels know I'm here, all right. They think they're safe from me. Jeffrey grabbed his sweater from the counter and walked to the door. Those children aren't Angela. They're good kids. You need to make me a promise. I don't want to hear the word angel or angels from your lips ever again. Marley was silent. He tapped in the code to unlock the door. He had installed the keyless entry system after he had buried the girl. It was rigged so that one needed the code to get in or out. Only Jeffrey knew the code. Marley couldn't leave. Even in case of a fire, Jeffrey was okay with this. Look, Mama, I know deep down you feel bad about hurting that little girl. Butter squawked. Killed, you mean? Marley's eyes sparkled madly. Angel deserved it, Jeffrey. Jeffrey stepped through the doorway, then turned back. I wish I could bring your heart back to you, like I brought that little boy back his ball. I don't need you, said Marley. Jeffrey nodded his head. Yes, you do. He shut the door and tapped the code from the outside. The crackle of her voice was unmistakable. You don't fool me. Jeffrey hesitated at the door, wondering who his mother was talking to. It'd been a bit longer than a week this time around. Ever since the doctor had put him on antidepressants, Jeffrey could never remember which day it was. He pressed his ear against the door and listened. Is someone in there with you, Mama? He heard shrill squawking and then a series of peeps. Butter. Then there was a heavy thump and the sound of glass shattering. What's going on? Are you okay? 
What do you care? Marley replied. Jeffrey fumbled with the bags and reached for his wallet. He had to write the keyless entry code on a piece of paper in order to remember it. Another damn side effect of the antidepressants. He was worried what or who he might find with his mother, despite the fact it was impossible for anyone to get inside. Impossible. You're gonna rot in there, old boy, Marley said. He fumbled with his wallet and the groceries, finally dropping the groceries, snatching the paper out of his wallet and tapped in the code, flung open the door. Across the room, Marley sat tight-lipped and waiting in her chair. I wasn't talking to anyone, Jeffrey. Okay, I'll just assume Butters learned to talk. Did Butter do that too? He nodded to the overturned side table and broken glass. Marley glared at Jeffrey. Don't mock me. Butter was squawking like the devil, and I stood up too fast and knocked it all over. Jeffrey leaned in and inspected Butter from outside the cage. What's wrong, sunshine? Butter stared at Marley with dark, beady eyes. He bobbed his head up and down, up and down. Jeffrey sighed, then stood upright and walked back to the front door. He picked up the grocery bags, shut the door, then swore as he fumbled for the paper with the code and tapped it in. Anxious to get the groceries put away and get out of there, Jeffrey shoved the paper back into his back pocket instead of placing it in his wallet. As he carried the bags across the living room, he said, I don't think Butter enjoys you telling him he's gonna rot. Marley gave him a look that would have turned Medusa to stone. Butter chirped. Well, now that's what I like to hear. At least someone's in a good mood today. Jeffrey opened the fridge and was surprised to find a half gallon of milk unopened. The eggs hadn't been touched either. Mama, have you been eaten? Marley didn't respond, but voices from the children playing outside crept through the thin walls. Hopscotch, graveyard watch, what do you get, what do you got? Jeffrey organized the canned goods in the cupboard. He glanced over his shoulder at Marley as he worked. She was staring at the white tote beside the door. He hadn't noticed it when he walked in. What's in the tote bag, Mama? None of your damn business. Jeffrey sighed as he moved to put a loaf of raisin bread in the bread box. You gotta be so dang difficult. Hey, you haven't been eating any of this stuff. He was surprised to find an unopened loaf of raisin bread already in the bread box. By the look of it, it had gone moldy. When had he brought groceries last? He tapped on his chin, thinking when Marley's voice brought him back to the present. Oh yes, I'm ready, she said. Jeffrey felt that disturbing pulse in his stomach and turned to his mother. She was standing with her hands behind her back, her eyes fixated on Butter. Butter screeched in a deep, raw voice. Jeffrey, if only you knew what was in this cage. Butter flapped his wings, lightly at first, then faster the squawk rising in pitch, 
Jeffrey grabbed the bird feed from the plastic sack and walked to the cage. Butter is not the devil, Mama. Right now, he's just hungry bird. Butter threw himself against the bars, screeching and screaming. Jeffrey jumped back. Jeez, what's wrong with him? Have you been hurting him? Butter scissored his wings, screeched, screeched. Jeffrey grabbed the swinging cage and studied it. He glanced at Marley standing behind him. Was that slobber dripping from her mouth? She whispered. Did you bring me my cranberry sauce? I like cranberry sauce, Jeffrey. Jeffrey swallowed hard. She had spoken this with the same voice she had used weeks ago. Is that what you're afraid of? An unnatural, guttural cry thrummed from the bird. Jeffrey and Marley turned to the cage. The bird fell off its perch, almost comically, and lay with its feet straight up in the air. Jeffrey asked, Sunshine? The bird uttered a guttural cry as it leapt upright and threw itself against the cage door. Oh, that is not right. Something is not right with sunshine. It's the color of blood, you know, said Marley's calm voice behind him. Jeffrey touched the cage door. Sunshine, you're hurting yourself. Crimson tears dripped from the bird's eyes, staining his yellow feathers. Jeffrey lifted the wire door. Don't touch that! Marley screamed. Jeffrey ignored her. He lifted the door and reached for butter. From the corner of his eye, Jeffrey saw a sharp silver blade rise above his head. Before he could turn, he felt its sharp kiss pierce his neck. Jeffrey snatched his hand out of the cage and reeled. Marley plunged the knife in further. The cage crashed to the floor, splitting the wired door open. Butter let out another guttural squawk and flew from the toppled cage. Demon bird! Demon bird! Marley cried, clawing the air. Jeffrey grasped his knees, breathing slow and hard. Hopscotch, graveyard watch, you get what you get and you get what you got. The children sang it over and over again outside. The words brought clarity. His mother had planned this with one purpose in mind. Kill the angels. He glanced at the white tote bag by the door and knew it held cranberry sauce. Lifting his right foot, then the other, he hobbled towards the door. Demon bird! Demon bird! shrieked Marley. Slobber flew from her mouth like a rabid dog. Jeffrey staggered. Blood dribbled from his lips. He reached for the knife in his neck and moaned when he tried to pull it out. At the sound of his whimper, Marley turned towards Jeffrey. Their eyes met. Why? Jeffrey felt tired, confused. He had promised her things would never change, but they had. He had covered up her crime, had been her accomplice. 
Now he was going to die, and she would escape to kill. Everything was fucked. Mama. Marley wrinkled her brow and threw her hands in the air. Don't you see? I had no choice. Damon Bird told me to do it or else. Besides, there's more of them, Jeffrey. There's more angels out there. She nodded towards the door. The devil keeps his promises, and he's going to collect me if I stay here, and I can't let him do that. Simple as that. She held out her hand. I need that paper with the code, Jeffrey. Jeffrey felt his lungs fill. He bent over and grasped his knees again, whispered, No, no more. Demon bird says I gotta. She reached into his back pocket and drew the paper with the coat out. Jeffrey coughed blood and reached for Marley as she skittered around him. A gentle chirp called out to Jeffrey. Jeffrey shifted his eyes to the kitchen. Sunshine? In a graceful, fluid glide, butter flew from the kitchen to the front door frame. Blood streaked the ruffled feathers. The bird pumped his head up and down, up and down, nodding. Marley licked her lips and tapped the keypad. She waited until the little light turned green and cackled. The lever clicked, and she pulled the door open. Ha-ha! Free at last! Where's my cranberries? She asked. In my tote! Where's my tote? Jeffrey coughed again. Red phlegm dripped from his mouth. He took a step toward the entryway, then another. He blocked her bag. Get out of my way, you idiot! She stepped around, behind him, grasping for her tote. From the doorframe, Butter squawked low and long. With a final shriek, it dove, aiming its tiny claws from Marley's eye. Get him off of me! She flailed her arms in the air, pushing on Jeffrey's shivering, bent body. He fell like a dead tree. You can't have me, demon! You can't! The bird shrieked. Jeffrey opened his eyes and knew what he needed to do. Coughing, he rose up to his forearms and crawled across the threshold. Using the doorframe, he pulled himself up reached for the door handle, almost fell. He steadied himself and reached again. This time, he firmly grasped the handle. Marley slapped at the bird, hitting home. A sickening thump hit the wall. Sunshine? The words escaped Jeffrey's lips as a trembling fit overtook him. When he recovered... Marley was wiping her wet face and gazing at him through one half-mooned eye. He lifted his hand out to her, palm open. The paper with the code sat in it like a bird in its nest. Give that to me! She limped toward the doorway. A tear slid down Jeffrey's face. Goodbye, Mama. She reached for the handle as he slammed the door. You can't leave me, Jeffrey. You promised never to leave me. 
She banged on the door with her fist. Jeffrey tapped in the reset code and set it to 666. He would have giggled at the inside joke if it didn't hurt so much to breathe. He closed his eyes and lowered himself to the ground. With great effort, he heaved a sigh of relief. I'm so sorry. There was more beating on the inside of the door. Marley's words were unintelligible. Hey, mister. At the sound of the clear, crisp voice, Jeffrey opened his eyes halfway. A light blue mist radiated out from a little girl. A little girl he recognized. A startled cry fell from his lips. The blonde girl with the strawberry shortcake shirt leaned over him. Hey, mister, it's time to go. Jeffrey stared at her. How, how are you here? You're dead. Buried. She nodded. Between the cherry trees. Jeffrey shook his head. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The little girl frowned. I know. She fell silent for a moment before saying, Besides, you're a hero now. Come on, silly, stand up. She grabbed his hand and helped him up. What do you mean? I don't understand. The girl smiled. You saved little Jakey from her. The boy with the red ball? He asked. He's my brother. Jakey was going to be next, but she's not going to get him now. You saved him. The little girl nodded with a grin, front teeth still missing. And you saved Rachel and Robert. Jeffrey pinched his lips and closed his eyes. The girl swirled her blonde braids to the side and held out her hand. It's time to go now. Will you go with me? I I can't leave. I, I promised I can't leave my mama. He nodded towards the door. There was a loud thump from the other side. The bird screeched. Get away! You can't have me! Marley cried. There was a loud crash. Smoke and heat hissed from under the door. She made a deal, and he's here to collect, the girl said. He as he is in the dev she said in a small voice, her blue eyes huge. You mustn't say his name. She placed a finger over her lips. There was more hissing, more screaming, another crash, the roar of flames. Mister, Marley's made her choice. You need to make yours. Please, come with me. The little girl with the strawberry shortcake shirt hugged his waist with a suddenness and ease. He returned the child's hug. Come home, Jeffrey. Jeffrey straightened his shoulders and glanced down. His lame, bloody body stretched across the floor. He heard their voices above the explosion. Hopscotch, graveyard watch, you get what you get and you get what you got. In a quiet voice, Jeffrey asked, What's your name? 
Angela, but my daddy calls me Angel. She beamed him a proud smile. He smiled back. Stepping over his body, Jeffrey grasped little Angel's hand. Who likes dark stories? People who have experienced a touch of the dark side. People who are a little wiser to the world. People who like their bones chilled and their spines tingled. People like you and me. It's hard to find a story these days that write on the dark side with a touch of whimsy, humor, and heart. Mav Sky spreads her dark wings and solves this problem for you. Head on over to Amazon and type Mav Sky's name into the search engine. M-A-V-S-K-Y-E. At Amazon, you'll find her Tales to Chill Your Bones series, Girl Clown Hatchet series, Supergirl series, her cult classic novel, Wanted Single Rails, and, of course, her brand new release, Cold Hangs the Midnight. Choose your dark flavor and head on over to Amazon today.